Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Man, it's great to be here, man. We look like kind of almost matching, don't we? Yeah, almost. <laughs> almost. Yeah, what's going on here? It's yeah, different than that, that than that intro that they gonna that they saw. We we look uh, probably younger because that was done a long time ago. I don't know. I I had how that. many episodes? This ninety something. This is one oh one. Lee from the other room said this is gonna be one oh one. Man, man, and that's just in this test. That's, that's not in all the other stuff we've yeah. done, man. All right, well, guys, it's good to see y'all. Glad y'all are with us, man. We're gonna pray and we're gonna I get. I think in. they're just grateful. It's not Ecclesiastes. Oh, yeah, probably so. I still am I. Hey, this is something new all the time, man. So we're going to be in Leviticus 19. So, uh, and I promise you, we're not going to go back to where we were before. We're going to move on. So we got some ideas from this. So let's pray and we'll get started. Father, thank you so much for uh, for blessing us and giving us the opportunity with the technology we have and, and with the guys that we have on board that, that have the capability, Sarah and Lee, and that are capable of doing the things that we need them to do. And and we're just so grateful. Thank you, Father, for our audience. Thank you for you guys that are watching and, and learning. And we thank you for your for your willingness to learn and to and to listen and, and to apply these things to their life. Thank you so much for that, Father. Bless us today as we study. Bless us as we go through this text and help us to learn the things that you wanted us to learn. Uh, the things you were teaching them were things that we could learn from as well. Help us to do that, Father. Thank you so much for the opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to be in Leviticus 19. Yep. And uh, Leviticus 19 kind of gives us the idea of where we're at, right? So the first part of Leviticus is all about getting into the presence of mm -hmm. God. The second part of Leviticus after chapter 16 is all about staying in yep. the presence of God. How should we do this? And in fact, the narrative, uh, the very <laughs> little narrative that is in Leviticus is centered around this as well. Because if you think about it, in Leviticus chapter 9, they, they restore the covenant, Moses and Aaron enter into the presence of God. They exit. Everything is going great. And then Aaron's uh, sons <laughs> mm -hmm. walk right into the presence of God without anything. Wrong yeah. offering. Yeah. Wrong, I mean, yeah. Everything was wrong. And they walk into that presence of God and they get vaporized. Yeah. So the question becomes, well, how do we stay in the presence of God? Yeah. And so even the narrative leans itself to this question. And so what, what we're told in Leviticus chapter 19, right at the beginning uh, and what we what we ended with last week is be holy because I the Lord your God am holy. And we looked at some texts. We look at we looked at First Peter and which says that very thing. We don't get into the presence of God by being holy. Yeah, we can't no. we can't do no. that. We no. can't do the right thing enough to get back into. We try to be holy because we're in the presence of God. Because we're in the presence. That's of what God. it says in Romans twelve. That's right. In Romans twelve it says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. This Absolutely. is your spiritual act of worship. Yes. And then he says, don't be trans don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind. So that's what we're doing, trying to renew our minds so that we can be transformed into what God wants to be because we have a relationship with him. So because in view of God's mercy, I love Paul, right? In view of God's mercy, in view of this gift we have in grace, in view of him mm -hmm. pouring it out on us and us being in the presence of God, what should our response be? In other places, he'll say, continue to live a life worthy of the Lord, yeah. right? So live a life worthy of the gospel that of the gospel yeah. that you have received. So how do we do that? Well, yeah. we can do that in our relationships with one another. That's yeah. what we looked at in Leviticus 18. Mm -hmm. How we form those relationships, who we form those relationships with matter. Mm -hmm. God has an idea about yeah. what is good and right and how we well, should be. He has a plan. He has a plan. This is this is what's good and right. Yes. Don't don't go by what you believe or what you think. Go by what I told you. Go by this what is my I told plan. you. And so we're going to see some other stuff here. And I want to I want to draw your attention to Leviticus nine. So all and we're, and we're not and we're not we're not going to do verse by verse like we have been. No. We're going to pick out a couple of verses out of chapter yes. nineteen. So like well in verse three right so in Leviticus nineteen verse three it says each of you must respect right after he says be holy because I the Lord your God am holy each of you must respect your mother and father and you must observe my Sabbaths I am the Lord your God so this is another expectation mm -hmm. you're supposed to respect your parents yeah you're supposed to you're supposed to have some respect for them and that's that's a novel idea in this culture in, in our this culture day and time, is. yeah right our... so that's one I like verse nine and this is this is important here. Um, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard explain a second time. Explain to them what gleanings is. I don't know. You explain it. Dan. Well, it? I think it's, it's, the, it's the going up and picking up everything that's dropped. Okay. Yeah. You know, if you, if you go through, if you go through, like I used to pick cotton with my, with my grandparents, you know, and they didn't, they didn't farm a lot of cotton, but, but we did. And they would pay us so much to pick up certain size pick sack. And you'd go through and sometimes you pick the balls and sometimes you had to pick the cotton out of it. Well, I'm, I'm 10 years old, 11 years old. How, how much pick sack can I, can I drag? You know, it gets heavy, man. And, and so you just want to get through. I don't want to do this anyway. I want to go fishing. There's a Creek right down there full of bass and perch. I want to go fishing. And, uh, and so I'd go and grandpa would have to go back through and, and, and repick some of it because I didn't pick it all. I didn't get it all. And I'd leave some. And for him, a poor farmer, Every I mean, everything. Counts. I mean, if you only made one bale of cotton and you depend on that bale of cotton being $200, you depend on that $200. That could last you for six months. Yeah. And so that was the gleanings. That was the going and making sure you get everything. And he says, here, don't do that. So like when you gather grain, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you're absolutely right. It's the things that are left over. When you gather grain and you're picking grain off off a plant, some of it falls to the ground. Uh -huh. Well, and like so, if you're if you're let's say you're pulling corn ears of corn. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of the ears you may look at and say, you know, that that one, you know, there's some. I'm gonna leave. I'm. It says, don't go back and take them all. Let the let the poor come get them. That's right. That's what he says. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Isn't this if isn't this exactly what this was how the how the beginning of Ruth starts. Mm -hmm. This is what they were doing. Yeah, they were going behind this big, massive, you know, rich farmer, rich rancher, and they were and they, when they got through, then they would go Boaz, in, yeah, Boaz, and then they would go in and and pick the gleanings yep. up, and that's what he was doing, leaving them the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Knew it was going to happen one day. Apparently, I forgot to silence silence my tablet. <laughs> Silenced my phone, but didn't get the tablet. All right. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And not only that, notice what Boaz says. He says, you know what? Actually, spill out a little more. 
Yeah. Spill out a little more. You know, go ahead and leave leave some for her. Yeah. And don't, of course don't... she was. Of course he would. You know, she was pretty. Well, I don't think it was just because she was pretty. His motivation in the text it says that he has known. Yeah, he knows right. what she she has done for Naomi. Yeah. He didn't just. She didn't abandon her mother in law. She stayed with who, her. Who was not? Who was not of her nationality? Uh, right. Right. She, she was wasn't even an Israelite. She wasn't an Israelite either. Yeah. Yeah. So. so yeah, that absolutely what's but why? Why is God saying this? What what is his motivation for saying this? Why does he say to them, don't leave it, leave it for the poor? Why does God care? Uh you know, Jesus tells us that you're always gonna have the poor with you. You know, I think we'll look at that text here in a little bit, but you know, and, and you know, God loves everybody. Mm -hmm. And some people are poor and some people are not. Yeah. You know, he tells us how we're supposed to view our circumstances, to love him, trust him, have faith in him, no matter what our circumstances are. And God's going to take care of us. He tells us in Luke chapter 12, and, and we're not going to go over there, but he tells us, and this really helped me when I was really struggling. Uh, you know, God knows what you need. He said, look at the birds, look at the flowers. They don't do anything. And God takes care of them. Yeah. And he said, and he says, he knows that you're, so he makes provision, not just then, but he makes provision now. The church is supposed to be that, that entity, that, that, that framework, that, that living, breathing organism that takes care of his people. That's right. That takes care of his creation. Yep. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're not going to always get it right. And some of it, sometimes the job's too big. It's just too big, guys. I mean, you know, I mean, we, we can only take care of, you know, what we can take care of. I mean, right, right. You know, this is because this will air after Christmas, but we're putting together Christmas boxes for, for people from Midcoast. Yeah, we've got like 30 some odd boxes. right? We, had, we ended up, we 20. ended up doing 29 boxes 29. and we bought 29 hams. That's about seven, $800 worth of hams we bought to put a ham. It's a ham dinner and it's got all the stuff in it. And, and, and 20 something of them are going to Midcoast for, you know, people that are, you know, single parents with children that are in shelters and whatever, Midcoast is going to divide that. But we're going to help. We're partnering with them to yes. do that. We're doing that with Christmas presents for kids also. Yes. Not only our own people, but those in the community. Yes. That's what we can do. You know, do, could we do more? I mean, I guess. But, you know, we're, we're developing a plan and a platform of doing what we're doing now. And yes. let's move. We're taking cookies to the jail. That's right. You know? That, I mean, we're trying to help in our culture because I've been to the jail, yeah. and and there's most of the people in there. They have they have dysfunctional homes, dysfunctional lives, dysfunctional families, and they are living in poverty. They live in poverty. The biggest majority of them. Yeah, and that's just a fact. Guys are rich. You don't find them in jail. You don't find rich guys in jail. No, not not normally. Not not even back then when I was going. You didn't find rich guys in jail. They the rich guys. Can they have the money, the resources to poor people don't? Yeah. And Jesus said, take care of them. Yeah. Jesus took care of them. So God is concerned. Ultimately. Absolutely. God concerned. is concerned with all of us. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. Why Why do we even have, if God is so concerned, someone might say, right? So someone might push back and say, if God is so concerned with the poor, then why doesn't he make sure they have? And it's interesting. If we go back and we look, we look at the teachings of Christ. If we look in Genesis, what did God make with his creation, right? Jesus says, God's going to, God's going to make sure you, you're going to have what you need, right? If you pursue my righteousness, God's going to make sure you have what you need. And a lot of Christians might look around and say, I don't know if I have what I need. So why does that happen? I got this pushback in my class. This is a promise from God. Why does this happen? Because the creation is fallen. Yeah. 
God made and, things. And I don't think people understand that. No. God made things perfect. If you go back to the garden, it was perfect. perfect. Everything that we needed as human beings was provided for us. Food. I mean, I, I mean everything. Everything. Right? It, one of the curses that he puts on Adam for disobeying God, for going off the reservation. Curse for the ground. For, uh, for Adam taking over the uh wisdom really uh -huh. right because that's what he does god says don't eat of this fruit of the knowledge the tree of good knowledge of good and evil he says don't do that trust me and when adam takes it for himself god says fine you want to do that fine here's the curse you're going to eat now by the sweat of your brow and the land's going to push back against you it's the fallen nature of our world that causes some to have and some to have god not. tells us even the land was defiled, so I punished it for its sin, and the land vomited out its inhabitants. We just did that last yeah. for two weeks. You know, it said, you know, sin has has corrupted the earth. Yes, people don't understand how how uh, horrible sin was. Yeah. It decimated and and destroyed. It is destroying itself from within, and that's you know, it, because of sin, it leads to chaos and death. That's exactly right. God, the plan for of God was not for people to die. No, it was not for the land to to to, to grow up thorns and thistles. That's what he says. It wasn't for the. It was. I mean, there's some places in 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 I know in Texas, there's nothing there, mm -hmm. and everything but there thorns and thistles. There's nothing. Everything <laughs> there will stick you, stab you, or bite you. That's right. I mean, that's just the way it is. You go, I mean, I, I remember driving to Zapata one time with a guy I knew. And we were going, and, and you know, Zapata is a long ways from everything. It is, yeah. And I and I looked around, I told that guy, I said, man, I said, is there any bang, bang? He said, no, he said, everything out here will sticky stab you or bite you. That's right. Yeah. And I said, you're right, it will. But that that's because of sin, guys. Yeah. That's not how God planned it. That's why he says he's going to make a new heaven, a new earth. You know, and it's going to be wonderful with no sin. You know, it's it's... God is obviously concerned with the poor mm -hmm. and with the foreigner, right? Because he says this in verse 9, in Leviticus 19.9. Yep. He says, um, do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up, leave them for the poor and the foreigner. Mm -hmm. I am the Lord. So God, the God, God is obviously concerned with both poor, yeah. those who are impoverished, and foreigners, mm -hmm. those who are not natives of that land. Mm -hmm. Are we? I mean, uh, let's, let's think about it from a national standpoint you, right you now. You want me to tell you what I think? Sure. I think we talk a good game. Yeah. Uh, how do I put this? I mean, I have been to meetings before mm -hmm. with uh, with a homeless thing in mind. Mm -hmm. And I asked Dan afterwards, I said, is that the way they always go? And he said, oh, he said, that's government. That's the way it works. And I said, what's going to get done? He said, nothing. That we talk a good game. Yeah. And if you really want to get it done, there's ways to get it done, right? You can get it done. But but we talk, we want to talk, we want to throw money at it. And we want to talk it to death. That's not the way. Jesus said to love them. Yeah. He said to love. That's what he said. That I mean, I mean, you got you. We were just talking about a little four-year-old girl just the other day today that you're doing, you're doing making doing memory work with our youth group. Yeah. They're going to they're going to after service on Sunday, y'all go in three weeks out of the month, and y'all go and y'all have a meal. And you and y'all work with the children, teaching them memory verses, and one of them is the greatest command. That's right. In Mark chapter twelve, and this little four-year-old girl quoted herself. Yep. Four-year-old girl quoted Mark chapter twelve. You know, to love God with all of your heart, soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the text. That's right. And she learned that herself. That's right. 
You know, I think when we when we develop that mindset, where we where we look at at people from God's perspective and not ours, we look at people from our perspective and we see them as poor, broken, filthy, dirty, and smelly. God sees them as as lost souls. That's how Jesus looked at them. Well, how should we look at them? They're just as lost as the banker living down the street Absolutely. who's filthy rich and successful. The only difference is the banker might not realize he's lost. And, and, what, <laughs> and what can the poor person give you and what can the banker give you? Mm. And see who we're going to go after? We're going to go after the guy to give us something. Put money in the place. Well, and it, look, it, it goes both ways, right? So not only is it on the poverty side, but it's on the foreigner side as well. Yeah. I've talked to plenty of Christians. Uh-huh. And you know what? When we talk about immigration and the border, you know what they're concerned? We need to close that border. Mm-hmm. We need to get that border shut down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, w- what do we care about that? What? I mean, look, I, 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 can, I can understand a brother in Christ saying, look, we ought to have laws. We want people to follow the laws. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. I'm, I'm there for that discussion. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, and I and I agree. And it's probably not a great thing to say, hey, you know, we're not going to enforce our laws, but we're also not going to do anything healthy or good with you guys. So we end up with all of these extra people. I can understand the mindset that says that. But is that what the church ought to be concerned about? Mm. The public policy of a fallen nation? Mm. That seems like... That seems like a, a... But I will have an opinion. I mean, you can have an opinion, but my point is this. What are we going to do about it? As the church, what we do about it ought to be different well, than what the fallen nation what I can't is going to do about it. What I can't do about it mm-hmm. is I can't cut, shut the border and start a systematic plan of, of let's do this the right way. Right. Let's find a way to get them in here. I, I don't have mind them being in here, but let's, let's, let's document them. Let's find... But what I can do is once I come, come in contact with them... Now I can try to help them on an individual basis because I'm telling you something, guys. You can't save the world. You can only save them one at a time. That's right. Well, and I think, and this is the crux of the issue, right? So I think as the church, we get so wrapped up and Satan does such a good job of leading us by the nose into these into these issues. And it's like, why is this an issue in the first place? It's sin. Mm-hmm. It's not these people's fault. Mm-hmm. It's not even, to be frank, it's not even our government's fault. There, we're both dealing, we're dealing with, as the church, we're dealing with these fallen entities. So instead of getting wrapped up in what the, the public policy position of a fallen nation ought to be, as the church, our heart should go, look, this isn't good. This is, this is a bad situation. We're going to do the best we can with the people who end up well, on our doorstep. One of the things I'm not going to do is, is I'm not going to question Midcoast and say, okay, who are these people that you're sending to us? And are all of them documented citizens of the United States? Not going to do that. Yeah. You send us 20 names, we're going to make 20 boxes. That's right. You send us 15, 20, 25 kids, we're going to buy, we're going to have our people are going to buy 15, 20 presents for those, for those kids. Why? Because God obviously loves the poor. And Absolutely. The poor. So we're going to love the poor. And Absolutely. The That's yeah, the whole point the, here. Now, yeah. are, are we going to have an opinion? Are people going to have opinions on the political stuff? Of course they are. And, and there's a there's a, a thing that when Jesus is anointed in Bethany, I think we need to read this. Right. Matthew chapter 26, and it says, uh, 
you know, verse eight says, when the disciples saw this, they were indignant because she poured this expensive, expensive perfume on him, on him, and, you know, and was so, anointing him. So let's give a little context. Jesus is about to die. Yeah, he's yeah. about to go to the yeah. cross. Mm -hmm. He's he's there in Bethany with uh, Lazarus mm -hmm. and Mary and yeah. Martha, and so they're they're eating mm -hmm. this meal, and this widow comes in and she takes this super expensive jar of perfume. We're talking about three, four, five thousand dollars in today's mindset, mm -hmm. maybe even more than that, and pours it all over his feet. Yeah. Pours it all over feet, yeah. and that's when the disciples are. Go ahead. And they said in verse nine, the perfume could have been sold at high price, and the money given to the poor. Okay, mindset's right. Okay, I mean they have the right idea. The problem is, is the purse that they got is being taken is in charge. The guy in charge is a thief. That's right. Yeah. So, anyway, they don't know that. All right, but aware of this, Jesus said to them, "Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you." but you will not always have me. Then she poured the perfume on my body. She did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, whatever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And today, 2,000 years later, what are we doing? Talking about this woman in memory of her. And, and what she did. And not all the same stories made it in the Gospels. So no. not not all the, the Gospel writers will comment on the on the same thing. But this story made it into all of them. Yeah. this You can find this story yeah. in Mark and Luke and John. It's here in Matthew. But this is a very interesting thing. The poor you will always have with you mm -hmm. is what Jesus says in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 11. God reminds the people of Israel, there will always be poor people in the land. Yep. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. Mm -hmm. So, and we've already talked about why. Why this is going to happen is because this is a fallen world. Yeah. Sin, corruption, death, it's 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 all there. But you know, Cole, it starts out in verse one. It says, Be holy as I'm holy. That means be separate from the world, like I'm separate from the world. That That's means right. spiritually, mind spiritually minded, not physically. I can't be right. physically separate. But while I'm walking this world, while I'm walking this earth, I think we're called. Not only then to these people, but he's calling it to us because he's, we looked at it last week. That's he's right. saying for us to do the same thing. Be holy. That's your, and he tells us in second, in second Peter chapter three, I believe he says, because the world's going to be destroyed. What kind of people ought you to be? Holy, holy is what he said. Holy and blameless is what he says. That's right. You know, so we're supposed to be holy. And that means here's some ways that you can show that you are God in the world. I, I, I remember I used to go to, to jail with Booty Pearson. And Booty, one of the things he always used to tell me, he said, he said, uh, uh, you know, it's not our job to save them. It's our job to spread the word. That's right. And he said, I don't want to know what they did. He said, because I want it to taint me what how I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And always remember something, Dan, is what he told me. Always remember something. You may be the only Jesus they ever see. That's right. So be careful what you look like. Be careful what you sound like. Be careful what you do. I thought, that's, he was talking about this. Be holy. Yeah. Be separate from the world. Don't be like them. Talk to them. You know, I mean, there's every day, guys, there's something could happen in your life that you could go, really? Really? You know, happened to me already. I mean, it, it's 930 in the morning. We've been at it. Jordan and I've been at it since seven. We had a doctor's appointment. Yeah, because they had the doctor's appointment. Go, <laughs> you know. And and I, and I mean, I went. It went pretty much as I expected. You know, she's going to have to have some surgery. Looks like in her neck and. You know. But a lot of hurry up and wait. No, it really wasn't Not because they told time. us they that was last week. Last week, yeah. This week was, you have an appointment at nine. Come in any time before that. We'll get you right in. And they did, right in. But we're sitting there waiting for the doctor to come in, and it's eight thirty-six, and we're already done. So, yeah, it was good. But we went to Walmart first. 
Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Really? You know, hey, it's okay. Uh, you know, I mean, you're going to have those times. You have but to learn how to deal, get past them. Well, and what's the mindset, right? And so it's it's the same thing we're talking about when it comes to the poor. It's the same thing we're talking about when we're coming to the foreigner. We can't allow, as Christians, we can't allow the world to dictate our response to these problems. These problems are always going to be there. The world ain't going to figure it out. Our, the United States government ain't going to figure out immigration. They've been putzing around immigration oh, yeah. for decades. Oh, They're uh, never going to fix it. Never gonna They're going to never figure it out. There's too never, much never, money never. in it. Yeah. There's too much money in special interest. There's too much. There's all of these issues. As the church, I understand having that opinion. I understand having that mindset that says, well, I want people to follow the law. I, yeah. I get that. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. But looking at the situation they're in, looking at the situation, when they're on your doorstep, what are you going to do? And God says to be holy, you've got to take care of them. Mm -hmm. There's another aspect to this, though. It's not just looking after physical sustenance and needs, right? It's God isn't just it's taking care of them spiritually. Because here's the thing. If we go back through Leviticus, and I want to highly recommend you do this. If you go back through Leviticus and you look at the offerings, what you're going to find is that God had different offerings for different people. Mm -hmm. People who could afford it could go and offer yeah. as a sin offering their sheep. Or the lamb, or the or, goat, or, the bull. Or a dove, if they were poor. If they were poor, it's a dove. Yeah, which was a way cheaper to buy. A fellowship offering for God can sometimes be a grain offering. Mm -hmm. Or a drink offering of wine. So how can they do that if they don't have grain, or if they don't have grapes? <laughs> God says, look, look. Don't go over your fields again. Don't do that. So the poor and the foreigners can come in here and get grain and get grapes and offer me something and bring it to my temple and have something to give. Let a poor person try to do that now. We saw it. We've seen it. We've been blessed to see it, though. We've seen it with, um, oh, gosh, his name just ran away from me, brother who passed. We, we baptized him, remember? His name just ran away from me. Oh, my goodness. Um, I can't remember. Golly. I Pete. 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 Thank you, Pete. He was the guy that was cutting on a barrel with a with a deal and blew himself up blew and blew himself up and ended up having to have his leg amputated and and, and uh, I mean as in and one of our members knew him. Yes. Went to the hospital. Yes. While he was there, started talking to him, got him coming, started coming to my class, started coming to service, and we and I remember I'll never forget that baptism because he was in a wheelchair. Yeah. With a bad leg. Mm -hmm. I mean his leg was his leg was bad. Yeah. You know, and we had to lift him up with a sheet. That's right. Thank God you were here because you had <laughs> because you had expertise in doing this before people, as yeah. a paramedic. And we lifted him up. There was there was two of us in the baptistry and two of y'all out. And we and we lifted him up, lifted him over the side, and put him in the water, all the way down, and then yeah. brought him back up. Man, it made a mess in the auditorium. It did. <laughs> it did make a mess. We, what did he say when he came out? I don't remember. He looked at me and he said. Are y'all collecting goods for for Mid Coast? This was in the midst of COVID, so we yeah, were collecting food now. and everything else. This man is poor as dirt. Yeah, he has nothing, and he goes, "I want to bring." Something. He's so poor that when he ran into a fire truck, and the fire truck knew where he lived, the fire the guy on the fire truck called me because he gave me as a contact and called me and said, "We want to help him." Yeah, because He's, they knew how poor he was. But this is the spirit, and this is the spirit of God at work. He looks at, he he sees that, he comes up out of the water, he sees that we're giving to others and out of his poverty wants to give. Yeah. 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 This is what He was God so wants. poor that he had a can, he had a can on his, on his car that was tied down to his car, said any amount helps. And if you saw his car, you wonder if he pushed it there. Yep. 
You know, they may have pushed it there. It was that bad. I mean, and we, and yeah, he was, he was so appreciative of everything. It was so neat to be a part of him, have him as a brother. Can't wait to see him again. I'll see him again. We got to do his funeral. Yes, we did. And, we did. Uh, and it was, and it was, uh, it was really neat. I mean, it was, it was so, it was so good. Uh, you know, and, you know, I mean, he had so much to offer. He was so, he was so hungry to find out and learn the truth. Did he have a chance that he didn't have a chance to, uh, to really blossom as a Christian because he, I think God knew he was not going to be here long. Well, and you know, that's why Christ says, you know, it, it doesn't, you, you get the same wage, the parable of the silver coin, right? So you come, come work for me in my vineyard. Yeah. He tells people in the, in the early part of the day, they come and they work for a silver coin. And he tells people at the end, only an hour before, please come work in my vineyard. Okay, I'll come. And yeah. everybody got paid the same. We'd have the men's breakfast and, and, and the guy that originally found him would call him and say, Hey Pete, we're having men's breakfast. He said, man, I can't come. It's too early. And he said, well, come over when you can. We'll be there till about this much time and come over and get a, get a plate for your wife and yourself. And that's what he would do. He'd come over and he, and he would call us and we would walk out and give him give him plates from breakfast it, it was it was so much fun to be a part of that yeah it was you know it was yeah. really you know we we look at poor folks and and you know and and i mean you may not even get to the second point of this text you know? well let's and let's get there real quick so why is we God, can talk about this for we can talk this about this forever look at look at verse 18 do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people but love your neighbor as yourself how do i love my neighbor as myself and that's what we see in verse i think nine. that i think that i think that uh, I think that piggybacks with what we were just talking about. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I mean, I think, uh, you know, who is my neighbor? You know, who is my neighbor? It's not the guy that lives across the street. It's not the guy that uh, it's the, it's the guy, you know, guy at Walmart. It's the guy Everyone. at wherever. Yeah. It's, it's whoever you choose to make your neighbor, right? I mean, it's, it's anyone can be your neighbor. That's, that's Christ's whole point. When yeah. this, when the parable of the good Samaritan comes up and the lawyer seeking justify himself, when Christ says, this is the greatest command, love God and love your neighbor. And the lawyer seeking to justify himself says, well, who is my neighbor? So then Jesus tells a story of a Samaritan and a Jew. And if you know anything about Samaritans and Jews, you know that they absolutely cannot stand each other. They hate each other. Mm -hmm. They are classical enemies. Yeah. Yeah. And yet the Samaritan stops and helps the Jew. Mm -hmm. And so what, who is my neighbor? Everyone, especially your enemy. Yeah. Love and them. that's where that text is. That's where Jesus told that story. That's where that that's text right. is. You know? So how, how do we love them? Well, we care for them. We love them. In physical needs, we take we try to make sure that they have what they need. If they don't have, we share what we have with other people. But then we also take care of them spiritually. Well, I think I think when they when a person walks into the service, like on a Sunday morning, or walks into a class, and and you can tell pretty quickly what they have on, what they you know whether they are uh, you know kind of a the circumstance, and you treat them just like you would anybody else. That's right. You don't treat them any different. Treat them just like you would anybody else. Uh, and I think that's part of how you do this. I think, I think you, uh, you know, we, we have a, a practice here that, that, uh, not always, not every week, but we'll, you know, we'll have, if somebody's come two or three weeks in a row, we, we may, you know, a couple of us may take them to eat, you know, to, to go to a restaurant somewhere and, and just, just go visit with them and just take them to eat. Uh, you know, we've got, uh, you know, we, we did a, we did breakfast for a long time on Sunday morning where my wife would come up here at five o'clock in the morning and make breakfast every Sunday morning. That's right. And it got to the point where it got dangerous for her. She was not, she was scared because, because there was too much going on here. And uh, so, but we still reach out. We reach right, we out still, to people. We still have a continental breakfast here every morning. Yeah. 
and, and we still reach out to people, you know, I mean, every so, Sunday morning, brother. yeah, but we still reach out to people, you know, when, when we see them, you know, we're, we're mindful of, of the dangers and all that stuff, but we still reaching out to people. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't hold back from people. And, so what does it mean to be holy? It means to love your neighbor. Yeah, I think you're right. I That's think that, the expectation. I think, I think when you look at Mark chapter 12, uh, let's, we got, we got no time, but let's, uh, let's turn over there. Mark chapter 12. So one of the teachers, now this is this is different in uh, in the Gospels, right? So mm-hmm. Luke has this too, but in Luke, it's the lawyer who says it to Jesus. But one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And so he quotes two different parts of the law. Mm-hmm. He doesn't quote the Ten Commandments. He doesn't quote all of the various no. laws he could. Leviticus is He puts Deuteronomy law. 6 and he puts Leviticus 19, 19 together. Yep. They they hadn't done that. They no. knew it, but they hadn't done that. And you know, and and that's that's the that's the creed that Jesus was teaching them. You know, you can call it Jesus' creed, whatever you want, but it, it is it is the greatest command. He said, "Here's one, and here's one that's just important. It's just important to love God." And then we can, you can go all over the place and and find how important it is for us to love our brothers. How much how how important it is to love each other. Yeah, you know. And I think I think you can't pull off the poor thing. Can't pull it off if you don't love people. You can't pull off Christianity if you don't love people. I think you're absolutely right. I think this, you're absolutely. This right. is the expectation. I think you're of the absolutely. Church. Right. We get so, so wrapped up in. Oftentimes we get so wrapped up in things that are good, but forget love. I think what you need to take away from this this morning as we close, think think about, you know, how do I love people around me? If I'm a Christian and if I'm walking in the light, as he is the light, and have fellowship with one another, how do I, how, and having God cleansing me of my sins, how do I love each other? How do I love people? And I think that's, you have, that's a decision you have to make. You have to decide it for yourself. You know, my personality is changing. Your personality is changing. Trying to adapt ourselves to these concepts and saying, okay, I got to be better at this. If you don't know where to start, go look at 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah, there you go. Go look at 1 Corinthians what is, 13. What love is? Love is patient. It's kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It goes on and on and on. And that's, and that's another text that they've been teaching the kids. And to be and to sit there and listen to those kids ramble these texts off without any prompting, no, nothing in front of them, just because they memorized it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Let's pray, God. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be a part of your family and part of your your world and part to be spiritual, be to, to be spiritual beings in a positive way. We pray you help us to be the people that we're that we're supposed to be. Help us to be set apart from this world. Help us to strive to do everything we can do to set ourselves apart, as you set us have set us apart originally. Father, you've washed us clean. You've made us holy, and now we have to stay. We have to stay that way, Father. We have to stay in the in. We have to stay in that place where we can do the things you call us to do. We do it because we are saved and we are right with you, and we have a relationship with you, and we strive to do that every single day. Thank you for the opportunities. Help us to be aware of them and help us to see them clearly when they come. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.